episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Joining me today is Warrior Will. I hope everyone's enjoying this first week of August, because right now things have been starting to go be crazy. And of course, naturally, we have such such many great games, like Zenday Chronicles 3. So I hope everyone enjoying their time. And yeah, hopefully there's some things that don't be angry to our dear host. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, also here is Skullkid Scott. Hello. Ready to seize the day. <laughs> now, uh... You might recall in last week's episode, we noted that Tyler was going to be here. Well, we decided to shelve him like the Batgirl film. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It was it was a tough creative decision, but fear not, we have a ten year plan for NEP without him. <laughs> yeah, I, trust me, I could spend the whole podcast talking about the DCE and what's going on or what's not going on with I mean, so. you might as well talk, brief, talk briefly because we don't really have that much of a long podcast today, if anything else. <laughs> okay, long story short, uh, the Batgirl film starring Leslie Grace and directed by the two, two of the men who did uh, the Miss Marvel uh, series, which wasn't bad, uh, their movie got straight up shelved slash canceled. Like, seriously, we are not going to see this movie, apparently, barring a Snyder Cut movement. And, and I'm not beyond you guys doing that, I would happily be a part of it. And then they, they canceled a Scooby-Doo animated sequel that was going to be on HBO Max. And then today they said that they have a 10-year plan going forward. They're going to emphasize quality over quantity, which is kind of a dig at Marvel. Um, they even hired one of the former guys who helped set up the MCU and Alan Horn on their staff now to help enforce this 10-year plan. It might be a return to the Snyderverse. It might not. We don't know. The Flash is still coming. Batgirl's not. I don't know. <laughs> All right? And I've been a big supporter of the DC um, Snyder Cut, Ride or Die, but, like, I don't know what to believe anymore. And of course, the, the Arrowverse is, is now officially over because the Flash is gonna the Flash TV show is going to end with season nine. I don't know. <laughs> and, like, this is stressing out so many of my friends online because it's like, we want to believe, and this is like, this these these. Warner Brothers Discovery people, they were supposed to, you know, change the game for the better. And this is a bad first step. And, they're, and now they're going to fuse HBO Max and uh, Discovery Plus together. They're going to do, quote, less scripted shows, which is bad because it means they're going to do more reality television. Who wants that? Uh... Yeah. <clears throat> like, and, like, everyone's reacting to this poorly. And I don't blame them. And until something turns around, this is, like, like one of the rockiest starts you could possibly have to this. So mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like the, the whole TV versus dev, the films and TV industry is definitely having a big shake and shake up, if anything else. And yeah, so like all of that, uh, yeah, thankfully we don't have to worry about too much of a, of a video game adaptation unless they butcher that in, in case. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a version of that merger with video games, and I guess you could say Activision Blizzard. I mean, think about it. Look, that was supposed to be like the big thing, and look how it's all falling apart. So, <laughs> right, right. I don't know. What do you think, Tyler? Shut up, Tyler. You're on the shelf. <laughs> uh, also, you've heard of Elf on a shelf, but how about Tyler on a Rottweiler? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think what can ride with Tyler. It's like Rottweiler. Okay. I can make yeah, I'm just thinking of Yu-Gi-Oh cards now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I put Tyler in a Rottweiler in attack position. <laughs> Special effect activates. 76ers rant. 
Trust, hashtag trust the process. All right. Uh, we do have an interesting show. It's probably going to be a little shorter than usual, but we do have some fun stuff to talk about, starting with what have you been playing? Nothing much. No. No, no big games in the last week that I've been trying to crush crunch a bunch of hours into because I have a Comic-Con that I have to do the next three days. Nope, I haven't been, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to do two hours on, two hours off, two hours on, two hours off whenever I can. Nope, definitely not. Uh, yes, I'm talking, of course, about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh, uh, here I was thinking you're talking about Gunvolt. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and yes, I am azure of that. Aha. Aha. <laughs> Yes, laugh, dang you, I'm the host. Um, <laughs> so, yes, Steel Bay Chronicles 3 came out, and one of us actually got it on launch day. Gee, I wonder who that was. It's this guy, right? <laughs> yeah, Will got it yesterday. <laughs> That's what you get for trusting Amazon. Actually, Nintendo. It was us trying to trust Even Nintendo. Worse. <laughs> Even worse. You should know better. And then... Uh, Scott, you got it on Saturday, right? Yeah, I got it the day after, which was actually very nice. I wasn't expecting it that soon. Uh-huh. Lucky, and... lucky for you, West Coasters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. But, like, how many hours have you put into the game? Uh, two and a half to three. Oh! <laughs> yeah. So I, on the other hand, have put a grand 24 hours and 42 minutes. And no, I'm not joking. I, have, I can take a screenshot if you want me to prove it. 24 <laughs> hours and 42 minutes into this game as of the time of this recording. So, because it's still week one, because some people haven't put a lot of time and effort into it, unlike myself, which I am not, <laughs> I will let you two go first based on what you have seen, and then I will lightly <laughs> dance over my feelings on the game. And then next week, better have put at least 10 hours into this bloody thing so that we could talk about it more. So, Will, I will start with you. Worry not, I'll probably invest that much on, on Sunday if anything else. But, yeah, like, I gotta say, when booting up the game for the first time, like, they obviously wanted to set off a move, and yes, from all the trailers where they show up, it definitely set a mood. Like, basically, war... War never changes. And like they were pretty much preaching that theme of like, yeah, ten years to live, war is 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 bad, and just there is that whole dreariness of like what war does for the sake of this life force energy. And like of course, if you played previous games, you see the, the Easter eggs, you see uh Metal Face, you see all these different characters, all like all and all, but I gotta say, even with the combat system itself, like beginning with the story is just like it, it definitely set the tone one thing i gotta give props to is definitely the music like props to the composers who did who did this game because it, it really did capture the mood of what xenobate 3 world is and yeah just the characters itself like i I, I played with the English dubbing. I was hoping to try out the Japanese dubbing, but the English, I got to give props to the English dubbing. Not too bad. I, I give it not too bad from all like the main cast characters so far. And gameplay wise, just it works very well. And I got to get highlighted is is definitely props on the tutorial because like the tutorial systems, they they act really explain things very clearly. They make it very crystal, not like how it was big in the Zebra Crackles too. I'll highly praise that just because they, they actually explain it. So, like, yeah, what is there to say? I, I, I'm only up to the part where I'm at Kali Nine going right after uh, going into the gorge, but yeah, just like exploring the the battle system and all that, like 
one, it is definitely Xenoblade. You definitely have that auto text and all positioning and all. But there is just something again. The fact that they managed to fit Xenoblade in that small uh, Switch cartridge is just boggling. The fact that again, looking up like anywhere, just that environment is just absolutely boggling. Just how much, how much uh, amount of stuff had packed into this in this game and. I just I can't wait to just basically explore more of it, like hearing the convos, just like going on side quests, like the side quest system by far much improved. I love the side quest system, how they improved it, just how they marked things so off the at the collectopedia. So now just like going on, leveling up, grinding, just like explore the worlds, just taking it all in, including like the faction battles, which that's where pretty much I, I ended up with my PlayStation. It's just yeah, this is legit. This is absolutely legit uh, amount of experience, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is just that good. I just can't wait to play more of it, and of course, got the other char- other characters and like the new classes and all that. So overall, it is very great. I, I cannot wait to just jump back into it. Okay. Scott, how about you? <clears throat> so I want to first start off that uh, the reason why I haven't played it as much is because I've been trying to finish Digimon Survive. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> nice! And I did finish Digimon Survive. Thank you very much. <laughs> Here's his three-word review. It was dark. It was really dark, man. That's four words. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, but Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I want to give it... I don't know if um, you two have noticed this as much as I have, at least, mm. just because I've been looking at like the way they do their cinematics. Okay, okay But okay. the way they do their blocking with their fight choreography is intense. Oh, yeah. And I love just how they have their spatial awareness with, like, this is where they were at, this is where they're at now. Because there's a lot of things that I notice with uh, more fantasy games is they kind of don't really care too much about spatial awareness. Okay, things okay, just okay. happen wherever and whenever. But with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I've noticed is that they're very good at establishing where they're at in the field, what's going on in the field, and what's, like, happening. Like, even, like, when, say, like, in one of the fight scenes, like, one of the trees gets torn down, when you go back to, like, play gameplay style, the tree's still torn down, and all, like, the battle marks are still there. It didn't just instantly go back to normal kind of deal. I really just love the detail they have into the fight choreography, into, like, the gameplay cinematics, and just, like, how you get into there. And, like, everything just has this big arc of continuity, and I really love it. <laughs> so I don't know if that's just because I've been noticing that a lot now because of uh, Digimon Survive, oddly enough. Stop talking Digimon. I'm sorry. It's just the spatial. I've never seen a visual novel actually utilize spatial awareness. Okay, I just thought it was weird that Digimon did that (laughs) with just going into a room and actually having all the characters in specific places in that room, and then constantly actually going across to the characters in that room with you basically actually having a first-person view of the room where it does it all. It's just, like, <laughs> something that I didn't really actually see ever happening, and now I'm just, like, hyper-focused on it now in other games. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3 actually does it really well with spatial awareness. I wish <laughs> I could say the same thing with other games that I've played, but... <laughs> I just really enjoy um, games that have that spatial awareness, that just do the extra mile just to make things feel more immersive to where you're at. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> so it's not like just things just won't happen kind of deal wherever and whenever... It's just like, this is where you're at. This is the battle. This is who you're fighting. This is the location you're at. And I think it just adds a more sense of just like gritty realism to their whole war message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like just like including like the battle system, like in that beginning battles, like, yeah, it is. 
that sense of like the, the, no nothing's out of place like there's no like oh it's just for the sake of randomness or that it is like there is a story like i also has the world tells the story as well right 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 yeah exactly and i really love that kind of bad i mean i love the combat too um i've been noticing a lot of i mean it's similar to like xenoblade chronicles 2 of course and one with auto attacks and <laughs> i just love that they have a lot more focus on the classes I mean, it's not necessarily just the blade system, but the class system, I think, is really cool to see. Mm. And just, like, how it actually is really important. And it also, like, explains just, like, in the first, like, opening cutscenes of, like, showing them training of why they're so used to this kind of mindset of there's a tank, there's a healer, there's an attacker, and that's, like, your main party, basically. Because <clears throat> that's how it's been for them their entire life. And that's just how they've been trained their entire life. Because they have this whole thing where you basically are born to go into battle and die to add life to another person's flame wheel. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, get the kill for people in flame wheels. Just... And the fact you only get 10 years to live, they're like, yeah, that's a bad bargain. That's a yeah, bad that's bargain. a very bad bargain. <laughs> uh, settle for nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, since I have actually played this game the longest... I will do my best to not spoil anything for Will and Scott, like how Shulk shows up to save the day, or how Pyro and Mithra have actually been there the whole time, and how Nia is actually the queen. No, Rex or is the overlord. No, Rex, no Rex, Rex is God at that point, remember? No. Oh, okay, um, right. No, okay. Seriously, though. Uh, I agree with all your points. Uh, the music is absolutely fantastic. I get the flute uh, send-off song stuck in my head very easily. The fight animations are indeed great. I just got to one where I I can't not spoil it. You have to just see it for yourself. But it, it's very intense. But uh, And this actually ties into Digimon Survives. So be grateful, <laughs> Scott. They're not afraid to go dark with the story, but also <clears throat> philosophical with the story. And I know what you're thinking, wait a minute, Todd, like, didn't you say that they did that with the original and with X and with two? Yeah, but if you really think about it, that honestly had, e even in like X, which was more sci-fi than fantasy, it still had that typical fantasy story. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, you know, guy meets girl, uh, you know, gotta go save the world and blah, blah, blah. This is different. This is emphatically different. Yes, you are about saving the world, but it's in a concept way that's totally different. And as my review, which I do not have a score in mind yet, um, it is high currently, I will say that. Um, my subtitle is probably something along the line of fighting for life and its meaning. Because that's honestly the crux of the story, is what really is life? And that's not something you really talk about in RPGs. Like, you know, I'm fighting for, you know, those who can't defend themselves. And <laughs> mm. I've got to save everybody. Or I've got paladin. To, no. the paladin. There you go. i got to save my friends. i got to avenge. Or like Shulk was like, I've got to avenge the one I've lost. Except he didn't lose her. She became a machine until she wasn't. <laughs> it's like, anyway. Um, don't get me started on X. But this game, and Scott touched on this uh, briefly, they enforce the fact that these people... You could even argue that technically they aren't even people. Um, they're not us. They have 10 years, and then they are gone. Technically. Slight spoiler. Uh, <laughs> no, you'll, you'll see. That, that, that doesn't reveal anything. I, I do promise you that. Um, 
they're, they got 10 years and they're gone if they don't die ahead of time, like in battle. Or an accident, which does happen. Um, and that difference changes everything. Because they only knew this cycle. We're born, we're trained, we fight until we die, or we fight until we get our homecoming, which is a big presentation at the end of their 10 years where they get blessed by the queen and they disintegrate into, you know... Uh, how did you say it in Thor Love and Thunder? Oh, yes. Sparkles of golden light. Shut up. <laughs> Terrible movie. Um, dude, if, you want, if you want a mission, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, do better than Thor Love and Thunder. That should be your 10-year plan. <laughs> That's her bar. That, no, dude, there's your 10-year plan. That's your bottom line. Anyway, um, and I'll give you a great example. This is not a spoiler, but it's, it was revealed in the trailers. One of the main characters in Mio is near the end of her life. She has three months to live at the beginning of the game, and it's basically stated that to get to where they need to go, it'll take three months-ish. Ish. And so throughout the game, and I, don't, I honestly don't know how far I am in compared to... And I'm doing side quests and grinding and everything, so I really don't know. But she has these moments where she could tell she's dying, and that enforces certain scenes. Like for this one, it's not a spoiler, but it's a fun scene. Uh, you and your main party are looking for supplies because your food's gotten stolen. Darn. Uh, I totally didn't need it. D definitely wasn't me. But, you know, I was hungry that night. So, anyway. Um, that was a joke. Laugh, dang you. <laughs> there you go. See, that's the power. I could sit, tell him to laugh, and he will. <laughs> so, they're looking for some fruit and the no pond. Oh, my God. These are the least annoying no pond I have ever met. Like, I'm so happy about that because Xenoblade and X and 2 had the most annoying note pun. I hate the note pun species. And yet here we finally get one who are only annoying in bursts versus me hating them when they talk. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously hate the note pun. Anyway, so uh, Mio and Yuni and one of the note pun named Nana. Uh, they're, they go find this tree, and Manana notes that this tree happens to have one of the best fruits around. And they're like, oh, great, we're going to eat wonderful tonight. And they go, oh, no, actually, we can't. It's not ripe. And if you eat it when it's not ripe, you die. Well, that's a bummer. And Manana notes that they have to wait one year to come back and get these fruits. And so Uni's like, okay, then we'll just wait a year. And everyone goes quiet because they know Mio's not going to be here in a year. And it shows. It's like the weight of that scene alone is like the crux of this game is that life has a limit and you have to deal with it. And even the simplest things of waiting a year to go and, you know, get a fruit off a tree, that's not always an option. And it's beautiful. Like they, they ask so many questions about life. And just when you think, oh, there's not another question they can ask, a new character shows up with an entirely new view on life. And it's like, they're looking at it at so many angles. It's, you'd think it'd be too much, but it's honestly not. I am entirely engrossed with what they're doing with the story. And there's a lot of big shocking moments. I love the villains who you guys have only probably lightly seen. Um, there are some epic battles. Uh, oh, here's not a spoiler, but it's a fun moment. You walk into this area, and there's just a dragon waiting for you. It's just there. You see it. It's standing <laughs> right there. And you're like, oh, I got to fight a dragon right now. 
click save. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh, it's not a nice dragon. Okay. No, not a nice dragon. No, it's a, it's a huge monstrous dragon. And even at the end, you get a cutscene. It's like, man, this thing is tough. I'm like, yeah, it was. I know. I just fought it. So, like, but that's like, that's the greatness of the game. Sometimes you'll walk into scenes and then there will be a boss fight. And sometimes the boss fight's just there waiting for you. And you're like, okay, save file. <laughs> save, <laughs> save, save. Uh, in terms of the battle system, I totally agree with Will. Tutorials. Tutorials, tutorials, tutorials. They're not a bad thing. Like, I, we've noted on this podcast that with, the, with Definitive Edition and 2 and even X to a lesser extent, it's sometimes really hard to get into the flow of the battle. Like, I, if you recall, in Zelda Chronicles 2, I actually had to look up a special feat in the battle system for the final boss because I could not beat him. And then once I kind of understood it, that's when I beat him. Because I got to do like, you know, 100,000 damage to him and then he died. Um, with this one, even though it did take me a while to find the rhythm, because I was, you know, getting used to arts and cancel attacks again and all that, it is very easy to get into. It's hard to master because, you know, there's a lot of leeway with your characters and your heroes and everything. Um, you'll want to find the balance that works for you. Uh, for example, and this is not a spoiler because we saw in the trailers, you get a seventh party member a, multiple times. Like, you get a, an extended party, if you will, but you can only pick one of them when you battle. And so my usual strategy is I'm all about the attack. You know, I want to I want to kill them quickly. I want to get done with it. And so give me the ones with the highest attack power. But in these games, battles can be long, even against enemies that you outnumber six to one. And there's a great scale, so it's never too uh, in your favor. And so I actually overload on healers. I got three healers in my party. Uh, Yune, uh, Tyon, and another character you meet later on, who I won't spoil. But you, I want the healers because I know that in one moment, a battle can change. Like, they could break out a special attack, and I want those three healers to resurrect me, to get my party back into fighting shape. Like, uh, right before the podcast, I had a major boss fight. It, it's like it's an incredibly important boss fight against Shulk. I mean, not Shulk. Totally didn't do that. <laughs> Totally it's against, against Rex. Rex, Tyra. No, it was it was against one of the main bad guys, and I thought I had this hand. I'm like, okay, about to break out this chain attack. Totally gonna nail. It. And then I don't do as well because I kind of cut a corner. Say that five times fast. Um, and then I lost. I lost because they just busted out this move, and I was like, okay, that's not gonna work. I gotta play this a little smarter. And th the game makes you think during combat. You can't just spam. You can't just do your arts and be done with it. You've got to use your arts. You got to use your chain attack. You got to use your, your combos. You got to use your Ouroboros uh, fusions. It's deep and it's good. And there are so many. The characters are great. Um, I love the voice acting. The only thing I will comment on, and I know this is just how the games go, they are so dang British. <laughs> they are so dang British. Like I get, they make up, you know, some words for the for the for the world. Like what the sparks or by the queen's wings and what the snuff and like. Good thing they don't know what snuff is in our world. <laughs> <laughs> but like they are so dang British. It's like they try to sound like so British, and I'm like, I, I get it. Good for you. You like this way of talking, okay? But. It, it sometimes it does wear on you. You're just like, why must you sound so British? Like bloody, <laughs> bloody heck, man! Yes. Um, bloody snuff! Bloody <laughs> snuff! Why the queen's wakes? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that's why I kind of wanted. I'm curious. We're going to Japanese voice acting and see like it has like that 
I mean, again, the cultural uh, deliveries and all of that, but I just can't help but wonder, like, how, how it's different between the two voices. So yeah, I, I am curious. I, and, I, and this is not, I did not mean this as an insult if it comes off that way, but I I can't stand hearing Japanese voices and then trying to read the subtitles. Man. That, that's just how my brain works. It's like, I need, like, I will never be the guy who watches subs. I have to watch the dubs. Like, I just, I don't, not that I can't stand Japanese voices. I hear them plenty, but... I just, when I'm trying to enjoy a show, I want to actually hear the words, not read the words. Unless I'm just like, <laughs> like I watch subtitles on my movies, but it's because I want to make sure I don't miss a word versus I have to read every one. So, yes. I, yeah. But it doesn't help when, you know, the other option is there. So bloody British. Like, <laughs> God, God. So the game so far is incredible. My biggest complaint, and I will mention this in my review, is visuals. When this game wants to, it looks absolutely beautiful but if you play it on the handheld version which is the only way i play they do like a huge graphical downgrade for like certain cutscenes, for certain walking scenes when you're in the overworld and i saw this at times with two but this is such on a grander scale like i'll be watching a cutscene; it's beautiful then i'll cut to what i call like the text dialogue scenes and they're still important scenes, but they have, like, like, they look blurry at times, they look pixelated at times, and I'm like, I almost want to set it up on my TV just so I can see if it's better there. I won't, but I want to. And, like, it was not this bad in tune. Now, again, when they play the cutscenes, they're beautiful. Like, they are absolutely stunning. And uh, when you have, like, certain overworld shots, it's great. Like Will said, they are, the world is so expansive. It's, just, it's a miracle how they got this all uh, like interconnected, um, but yeah, the the graphics when they work, they're beautiful. And then for like the handheld version, again, I, I haven't played TV version. Uh, maybe you guys have you seen any major? Are you guys playing on TV mode? I always no, play on TV mode. I yeah, play yeah. in handhelds. Okay, so Will, have you noticed like a big drop in anything like a pixelation or anything? Have you noticed in that one in, in your ninety minutes? Hmm, like, not that I can recall, like, okay. as far as well, it's pretty stable. I mean, I, I'm playing on my 4K TV, so I don't know. <laughs> so. So, so he'd notice. So, yeah, so this is just in handheld mode then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just handheld, because I, I have that same problem in handheld. Where yeah. They just have random pop-ins, too, a exactly. lot of the time. Exactly. Uh, okay, okay. And I Especially, like, trying to find people, and you're just, oh, this person supposed to be here, but they're not there, and you walk one step closer, and then they just appear. It's like, oh, okay, they are there. Yeah, so <laughs> it's... Again, I'm not, I, I don't think I'll fault it that much because, again, when it wants to, it's great, but I feel I should have optimized it a little bit more for the handheld mode because of people like me and Scott who prefer to play it that way. But yep. uh, the biggest compliment I want to give it is quality of life improvements because outside of the combat system, which is vastly improved in terms of learning it and flowing with it, uh, there's a lot of quality of life stuff that is so much better. The biggest one is actually knowing where you're going at all times <laughs> okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 there is a guide that you can turn on or you can turn off and it will guide you to the quickest way to your destination and it's beautiful i don't have to wander i have to say okay do i go this way or do i go that way like that was one of my biggest problems with two it would give you an x on the map and say this is where you need to go and then you have to try and find your way there <laughs> and if it just happens to be in the middle of a tree you go okay well where's the tree entrance and then you have to climb up the tree and then climb down the tree and find like that little entrance on like that one side that you don't see from the ground yada yada uh this one though it, it perfectly guides you right to where you want to go 
Um, the side quest, as Will mentioned, is much better handled. It's not overloading, but it's also you don't have to do it right now if you don't want to. There's a certain no pawn quest that's that way. That's really fun. Um, there's another one I just did, I just got. I was like, oh, I'm level 37, but this one's quest is level 41. I will wait until I'm 41 to go do it. So I appreciate that. Another thing is they really emphasize the fact that you are a group traveling in a world. And the reason I say that is, and you'll find this out later on, they talk to each other as you're walking at times. Yes, 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 yes. They'll break they'll break out random conversations like, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on in this field. Like, is this because of the black fog? Oh yes, it is because of the black fog, as you can tell. Blah 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 blah. And you think like, isn't that annoying? No, it's great because you know, in most fantasy games, you're not talking to one another. Like you're you're walking and then you stop and then you talk. But this one is, you know, they're actually observing the world. And like they'll see a monument and they go, Oh my gosh, do you see that view? And oh, we're getting closer, or they'll tell they'll tell you if there is something nearby you need to watch, like a, a skirmish between monsters or a container that you can go and get, or that there's a supply drop, which is something you'll deal with later, um, that you can go and get. They tell you these things and they interact with the world as you do it. And even when you're being guided, if you just had to go and veer off the path, they'll tell you is this the right way? Oh, no, it's not the right way. We should turn around so we don't lose time. And, like, it's those little things that just help elevate this game to a higher level um, that's well above Digimon Survive. And <laughs> I, can't, I, can't Ouch. I haven't played the game. I haven't played the game, but I've heard good things. Um, whether it survives in sales, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I blame that on Bandai. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I, know. I heard it's even hard to find on Steam. I'm like, come on, it's digital. It is. <laughs> so, but I am loving this game. I get. I have only twenty. I have, oh, I'm only twenty four hours in. Only, <laughs> only I say. So, uh, I look forward to talking about this more with Scott and Will next week. We'll be going a little bit more into spoilers. Uh, if you haven't gotten this game, I highly recommend it and start putting in the hours because it is worth it. I'm not going to say this is my favorite Xenoblade game because I, I haven't gotten to the end and I definitely want to judge it on all of its merits and not just some of them. So uh, look forward to that. And if you have already played the game, let us know what you think. Okay. All right. And with that, we will head to the news because we have some pretty big things to talk about. So... It's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, Pokemon. Mm. Obviously. Mm-mm. So, yeah, here's the deal. We got a new Pokemon Presents, and there was, like, the typical stuff. We got to talk about the uh, the mobile games and, you know, the cafe remix where Mewtwo is hungry because, of course, he is. And here I thought he feasted on the tears of people crying over Ash. Oh, no, he'll eat anything as long as it's on a very small plate. Oh, uh, the reference to the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, I found that. I found that. Uh, musing. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Rebound. So, uh, but the big thing was we got even more information about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and I do mean a lot of information for example we now know the region name we are in the paldea region uh again a reference to spain and suddenly portugal i guess and then we get arguably the biggest and most confusing thing ever <laughs> we get to ride the legendary pokemon and what and not say, in the way you're thinking no <laughs> definitely not because if you recall we had like a prehistoric 
legendary, and then we had like the futuristic legendary. Well, guess what? They're both bikes now. <laughs> <laughs> they both can fly now. Karaidon and Miraidon. Um, yeah, apparently you're going to meet them early in the game. I guess this is how they apply it. And once you do, you can transform them into motorcycles. Except, Karaidon has giant wheels and walks on its legs. That is so hilarious. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> and, like, and, then, and then Mirai Dun uses its jet propulsion to, you know, move forward, which looks like right, 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 but, right. But like, dude, I got these big wheels. Now watch how fast my legs can go. He's like Flintstones, pretty much. Exactly. It's full on Flintstones. And then they can fly. They can climb up mountains and jump off mountains. And I mean, like this gives a new definition to ride Pokemon, but okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. we got mounts before, but like, yeah, seeing the seeing the, in the trailer, like, oh, in case if you're gonna go into multiplayer, we're gonna have like four like legendaries on their bike mounts, legendaries. It's like okay. I mean, granted as well, Mirai Dun obviously wins to take because again, the fact it transforms and uses its wheels, while yeah, Coridon is just yeah, like that wheel is just for show. I'm using my legs. I don't care. Yeah, it's like oh, you can use tires. That's amusing. I can use my legs. You know, Fred Fred Finstone's my idol. You know, gonna mimic him. Yabba dabba do. Yeah. Laugh. <laughs> I try so hard for you all. Uh, all right. Now, another big difference is that in the story. Uh, we're going to have a couple of variations that are very, very exciting. The first one is that your character is going to be part of an academy, one that's different per the games, much like with the professors. You have Naranja and, sorry, I just lost this spot, uh, Uva, or Yuva, mm -hmm. um, and you'll have a whole bunch of people you'll know, including your battle rival and an upperclassman and a professor, and you're going to be going on an independent study called a treasure hunt. And this will lead you to doing one of three different story paths, something we'll be talking more about in the uh, main event later tonight. But the, main, uh, the first one that they did reveal is that you are going to be able to do the typical Pokemon League challenge. So, you know, there will be, there will be eight gym leaders. You'll get to go to them. You'll have a rival in Nimona and everything. And we also got one of the reveals of one of the gym leaders who is an Ice Queen. So actually, it's a guy. It's a guy. God damn it! It actually says so on the Pokemon's official Twitter account. And yes, I know they, they introduced a lot of new characters. And yes, I can yeah. instant like why yeah. someone would actually be confusing. It's like first of all, just they they, they have half their face covered. Her, the, his name is Grusha. Grusha, yes, Grusha. it is. An, a Grusha is an ice type user who used to be a professional skateboarder. He's usually cool headed, but when battle gets heated, he starts showing the emotions he get pushed down. That is the official description. So you could say that he's not cool. He's ice cold. And just uh, on tangent component as well, like your classmate Penny has become, has been a shy person that, and for some reason she doesn't seem to be come to the academy very often. But you always be able to spot her thanks to her fluffy Eevee bag she always has on her back. And a lot of people thought that Penny was a guy. Nope, it's a girl. But again, I we're. <laughs> a lot of, but yeah but again we're in 2020 so what can you do androgynous anyway so point is there will be a gym option but there are also two other options that they did not explain which again will be our main event and so uh that's interesting because 
we know that ever since uh, Sun and Moon, they've been trying to kind of change up the formula, and this is one of the ways that they're going to do it. And they also enforce that because this is officially an open-world Pokemon game, not semi-open world, open world, you'll be able to seamlessly go through the wild areas and the towns at will, and you can choose your gym order in any way you want. So much like Breath of the Wild, you don't have to follow a certain path to get to the end. You can go to whatever gym you want at any time. So that's a big step. Mm, mm, And like I'm just looking at some of the scenes that they're showing, and it's a big Pokemon world. Like they are emphasizing the big Pokemon world. Also, I want to pause really quick to talk about the uh, female professor. Um, (laughs) Okay, Posada. Yeah, Posada. I... Everyone kept telling me she had fangs, and I didn't notice them, and like now it's like hard to not notice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that I mind. I mean, it's a very unique look, and again, this is tying into the the past versus the future. She looks like a cave woman. Um, but it's like I honestly didn't notice the fangs before. I'm like, are people just like making this up? And then now I'm looking at the stranger trailer, and they show her mouth open more, and you see the fangs. It's like, how did I uh, miss that? And it's just for the record, Sada, not Posada. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very curious about how she's gonna be, and then we got our our headmaster uh, Clavel. We got one of our teachers in uh, Jock. Okay, Pokemon. I want to help you here. I know you're trying to go for clever names at times, but when you name a character Jacques, you can spell <laughs> it like we do in the real world. They li- say it J A C Q. It should be J A C Q E. Sorry, U-E, Q-U-E, Jacques, like Jacques <laughs> uh, I mean, I get it, you're trying to be clever, but there's a difference between being clever and not. Okay? So, just stop it. Um, Going to Utah for all their spellings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Utah, where I live with my 28 wives. Moving on. Uh, another deep cut for all you Who's Line fans out there. But yeah, we got we had. There's some very interesting. I want to talk about the character models. There's some very interesting mm-hmm. looking characters in this game, including ones we do not have names for, and the internet is right, really right, loving, right, including right, a certain right. black-haired woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I I thought she was interesting, and then I see a picture of her online. This this person drew her like three hours, and it's like I don't know her name, but I'm already in love. I'm like, yep, yeah. that sounds a power right. artist. One hour, even thirty minutes. Boom. Boom. Yep. The way it's the way you do it. It's just the way you do it. Um, so, uh, sorry, I got lost. Uh, and then, of course, we got to see some new Pokemon, mm, which is mm. good. Uh, no news on evolutions for the main, uh, three, but we did get our first regional variant in Wooper, who, yep. in this region, it covers itself in mud, which is poisonous. Okay. <laughs> sure. Poisonous in mud. Yes. How dare you touch me? I am Wooper! <laughs> yeah, it's a poisoned and ground type, and people love it, like, Seriously, all they did was turn the Wooper brown. Yeah. And with the antennas, like okay, they split the antennas on the side of his head. Right, right, right. Slightly different. And then, of course, the MVP in everybody's mind is Fido. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fido MVP, yes. Lechonk, what are you? Fido. It's all about Fido now. <laughs> it's like, just, just when you thought the Pokemon couldn't get any more anime, they made Fido. <laughs> and like, I, I thought about that. I'm like, are you seriously going to just call it F-I-D-O? No, they're going to call it F-I-D-O-U-G-H. <laughs> the okay. real dough. The re- <laughs> it's the real dough. And Will, do you have the uh, the description up for Fido? Actually, I do. Yeah. Dude, so this read Pokemon, it, read it word for word. 
Meet Fido, the puppy Pokemon. This Pokemon has a smooth, moist skin with elastic qualities. They intimidate their opponents by puffing up their bodies to appear bigger. <laughs> okay, there, there's an, hold on, there's another description there. I know there is. It's, it's, it's something about their skin being, or their body being soft and firm at the same time. I know it's there. I saw I'm, it. I'm, I'm, lo I'm looking at the official Pokemon Twitter, and that's all it says. Oh, no, smooth, okay, moist skin with Twitter. elastic qualities. You're on the Twitter. I was talking about the main site. But anyway, they say it on the official website that its body is both soft and firm at the same time. And it's, like Will said, it's very moist. Yes, because that's a, wor that's a word I need to hear in my Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> they just needed to find a way to put it in there. Moist. But yeah. Um... I, I can't even like there was a Pokemon episode recent in, in a jur master journeys where we met an Al creamy and it's evolution and it evolves by you spinning it around to become a better kind of cream. And I thought that's just dumb. And I couldn't get dumber <laughs> than that. And then I met Fido. <laughs> it's a doe dog. Like I get it. You're trying to come up with clever dogs, but why though? And like, it's, hey, I think it's probably appealing to your kind, Todd, because you love those kind. name puns. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I will give you, um, I will give you the pun side, but I don't think it's uh, well cooked. Oh, <laughs> oh my oh, god. Yeah. yeah. Also, here's 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 the scary part. Most dog Pokemon evolve. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So <laughs> what's Fido gonna evolve into? Fidoer. Fidonut. No, wait, I got it. I got it. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yes. Pick nine. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. But it's like, I can see it. And then, um, oh no. Now I can't get this visual out of my head. <laughs> I want you to imagine a dog with a really long tongue. Because like, <laughs> Doe and Kate, you want to lick the bull when it's done. I know. Oh, oh, like, this is this is the this is the tragedy that we live in. But yeah, we we got Fido. Uh, let's see, and then the uh, the Ice Gym Leader has I'm waiting for the name. Uh, Titan, and and uh, then we have of course we have our main Pokemon, and then they showed a bunch of variety in terms of the other eight generations who are going to be in the game, including some of my favorites like uh, Donphan. 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 Mm -hmm. We got the Houndour and Houndoom. Yes. We have uh, the Goat go Goat. Uh, this one called Pikachu is in there. I think that's popular. You know, uh, And then there will be multiplayer, co-op multiplayer. And apparently you can even take pictures with your co-op partners. So that's pretty cool. I like the idea of a photo mode. And yes. that, that actually leads us to the uh, other big reveal, which is the uh, Terrastall transformation in the uh paldea region there is a phenomenon that affects every single pokemon in the, the region it's called terrestrialize basically your pokemon will at times randomly be able to turn into basically a gem format okay and that gem format gives them like extra powers and then depending on the type that your pokemon transforms into it can give those types of moves an extra power boost all the while looking incredibly pretty um, I'm pretty sure we all know the real reason for this is so that Pokemon can not just be caught, but sold for incredibly high gem prices. <laughs> <laughs> NFT. Yeah. Oh, uh, NFT. 
We don't need that. We don't need that. They're but... only unique Pikachu. No. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't that be NFTs on fungible Pokemon? <laughs> oh my lord! I you hope. You know it's gonna happen. Well, you know it's gonna happen. I yeah. uh, here's hoping. Uh, we don't need that. Okay. But yeah, on that note, the, the fact that uh the Terrastro and the uh, Terra types of different Pokemon, like now all these Pokemon can ha have these like crystallized forms, especially like. For example, with um, Sprigatito, uh, you get that flower, the grass type, terror type, and even, even some other, depending on the types of different Pokemon, they can actually have completely different um, uh, attributes and types. For example, like Pikachu, you expect to be electric, but if you, for those who are early purchasers, you can actually receive a Pikachu with a flying type with balloons on him. So which is, a, which is a reference to the legendary uh, Pokemon Yellow version and the and the flying Pikachu card. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah, like and I just hate that that's a pre order an early pre order uh, buy bonus, but I digress. It, yeah, so this Terrastal Terrastal no Terrastal Terrastal no Terrastal. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, because I'm looking at the Twitter, like they, they could be they put a terrestrial, terrestrial <laughs> phenomena, and there's terrestrialing. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Overall, it's definitely an definitely an interesting feature to add in this entry of like one basically diamonding up your Pokemon, which we finally know how what that uh, cliffhanger was in the first trailer. So yeah, like the ter the terrestrializing Pokemon. It's yeah. and yeah. there's a, there's another aspect of it which piggybacks off of what we got with the Galar region, and that is uh, Terra Raid Battles. Basically, mm -hmm. you're fighting a terrestrialized Pokemon uh, in parties of up to four, and the difference here is that you will get to battle and heal on your own time. This will not be a turn-based thing like before, which is a nice little quality of life improvement. And so mm -hmm. you'll be able to do things on your own time, and then when you, much like with the Raid Battles, once you defeat your terrestrialized foe, you can go and capture it. So, and they showed a Gardevoir, which is also one of my favorite Pokemon. So, I'm going to have, I'm probably going to have a hard time finding a party in this game. There's so many. You'll have too easy of a time. You just won't choose. It's like red pill, blue pill. Scarlet pill, violet pill. Hashtag Team Scarlet. Which is weird because usually I'm a blue guy, but, you know, this time I kind of want to go to prehistory, but we shall see. Poggle. So, laugh, Will. That was a live, alive joke. I know. I know. I know. So yeah, this this game looks very interesting. Um, there's going to be some very interesting uh, again the additions, quality of life improvements. I think it's going to be a big step up for the game and uh, for the franchise in certain ways. I am just curious about how flowing the open world is because again they said it will be seamless, drop in, drop out wherever you want, and you know you don't have to do the gyms in order, which is cool. But how will that feel? Because Arceus was semi-open world that's fair enough but you know you had to like stop and go to a region then stop go back to jubilee go to another region so I, how much is it going to flow differently this time around and uh we shall see i guess we shall see <laughs> all right any last thoughts before we move on gentlemen no i think it's pretty much covers it like the only thing that i'm just kind of like wondering right now is like how with the story as well as like the gym leaders like we'll, we'll, again we'll be talking more later on but like that entire world like i'm not sure you checked out the, the the image map of it all like all that territory being connected like it's definitely reminiscent obviously very reminiscent to all prior games but i can't help but wonder like how does what would all 
interact with, but just as I said, like it is Breath of the Wild, like so go anywhere. So that's one thing I'm more uh, curious about, if anything. Scott, I'm interested to see when we're going to go to Egypt next. Now that we already have the motorcycles, when we're going to get the dual disc for Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have the uh, uh, quarter quarterly information. Uh, the first quarter of the financial of uh, the fiscal year of twenty twenty three has happened, and very interesting news bits coming out of it. First off, the Nintendo Switch is at hundred and eleven million sold, uh, which is really good. It sold basically three point five million in the last uh, three months, which is down from last year, but remember, there's the semiconductor shortage, so that's affecting you know everything. Yep. Yeah. So don't hold it back for that, okay? But they're still projecting 21 million this year, and it looks like they're gonna get, especially with especially now with you know Xenoblade and Splatoon's coming in September and Pokemon in November. It's it's gonna be good. And then for the uh, individual game data, the ones that we got to see. There were some really interesting pieces of news. Not the least of which is that Nintendo Switch Sports sold basically five million units in its first three months. From what was it like late April to end of June, it sold five million units. Uh huh. <laughs> kind of impressive, to be yeah, honest. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost as if casual games can sell well. <laughs> so, not, obviously, that's not Wii Sports numbers, but you know what is these days? What is outside of Minecraft? <laughs> uh, and remember, and I and I say it's, it was nearly five million because it was basically at four point nine five, and then you have to factor in July, which is now done. So it's at five million. Okay. Then there was uh, Mario Strikers Battle League, and that one was a wild card because the last Strikers game was like what thirteen years ago. On the Wii? Something Strikers. like that. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So the question was, would people want to buy it? The answer is yes. Because yeah. that game sold <laughs> basically 2 million months in... Sorry, 2 million units, 2 million months. Yes, it sold time. <laughs> it sold time. Um, it sold 2 million units in less than a month. And then he incorporated July, so it's well over. I would be surprised if it's closer to 3 million by the end of July. So that game is doing incredibly well. And that'll make Tyler happy because I know he's a fan. And uh, will and didn't you get the game? I did not. Okay. I did not. Okay. Yeah, sorry, you played the demo. That was it. Mm -hmm. So, uh huh. I see. I see how your loyalty is. Will oh, I'll play the demo, but not anything else. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then for me, arguably the most interesting thing was we got an update on Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which had already been revealed to do incredibly well. But then when you add it, because it came out at the end of late March. But when he added April, May, and June, it's at over 4 million units sold, which is the highest sell-through rate for any game in the Kirby franchise. Mm, mm, that's very impressive. That is very impressive. So, the, fa the fact it just did that high of a number, and again, like the this newest Kirby game, like I'm just really glad that this this Kirby game got it got its attention it deserves, and by by all means, like anybody. Like anybody, it doesn't matter if you're hardcore. We we talked about it many times over. Hardcore, casual, this curve game is well worth it. And yes. if you can get on a discount, by all means, get it. Easy on it, and again, easy to complete. Honestly, so for the most part, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, I I I'm I loved the game. I really did. And 
I think that I'm gl- I'm really glad that this is probably going to be like the best-selling Kirby game ever, which we talked about on an earlier podcast, ironically enough. And okay, just just combining these three, Nintendo's had a year. Like yes. first party and third party, they've had. Notice we didn't talk about Fire Emblem Warriors because that's a third party title. We we don't know where that is, but I heard it's doing all right. So, uh, Arceus, like I can't remember the last the number was like twelve million or something, and that was like a quarter ago. So who knows where that is? Uh, Triangle Strategy, I think that's at a million or really really close. Um, Switch Sports is at five million. Uh, Strikers is at two. Kirby's at four. I would bet Three Hopes is at a million. Xenoblade's definitely going to do over a million. I've heard it yes. really well in places like the UK and great on the eShop. So like, they're doing great, and then Splatoon, you know, is going to sell because it's already like one of the higher selling games on the system. Pokemon is definitely going to sell, especially after the the recent Pokemon Presents, and uh, we, and then October's full of third party games like Bayonetta and Persona Five and Rabbids. So Nintendo's going to have a great year, like just. No, no joke. They are going to have an absolutely great year, and I look forward to uh, seeing how these games play out. I look forward to actually being done with the weekend I have coming up, so I can go back to playing my games. <laughs> yes, I'm going to enjoy my Comic Con. I always do, but I like I really am into Xenoblade, and I actually feel bad. I'm not taking it with it's me. It's going to be in the back of your head the whole time. Oh, I know. It's like, oh, thank you for the sale. I could be helping Noah and Mio right now. <laughs> Why aren't I home? No, um, but like the, the Nintendo, like this year, I really think when we're all said and done, could be the best year of the Switch, and that says something given that 2017 was the year in many ways. But this is going to be close to rivaling it with all the great games that have come out and they're going to come out. So we shall see. All right, and uh, okay, I gotta look this one up because uh, I honestly didn't read this story, but I wanted to talk about it because we were all kind of a little strapped for news. Apparently, Zach Zachary Levy, who was uh, who is the actor for Shazam, um, he apparently got sent to the ER after buying a Nintendo Wii back in 2006. Okay, so uh, I'm trying to figure. Okay, here we go. Quote. Okay, so what happened was the Nintendo Wii had basically just come out. I unboxed it. It was like me It was like midnight. Me and a couple of buddies, and there were our screens that come up before the game that say, "Hey, make sure there's nothing around you." So we moved the couches like into the backyard. <laughs> what? That's what he says. Uh, my entire living room was totally empty, so we could play baseball and tennis and all that kind of stuff. And we were having a gas until about t- it's about two hours in the morning when we were uh, all playing tennis. I go to just Sampress this one over and it, what I failed to recognize is that I had a light fixture that was within arm's reach uh, right above me. It did, doesn't say look above you in the opening screen. <laughs> <laughs> it says make sure nothing's around you which means above you Zachary. Um, and so I smashed through the glass this thick and like a half dome I smashed through it and glass just exploded everywhere in the room. Then I dropped my Wii controller and it dangled from my wrist while blood started dripping from my hand. And I was like, that's one for the ages. And I had to tell an ER doctor at three in the morning while I was in the ER. (laughs) Now that's a story. At least he listened to partially the directions. I mean, it's like A for effort, B for execution. (laughs) Woo! That was, uh... 
huh, I didn't expect it to get that violent. I mean, I was expecting, you know, oh, I accidentally, like, punched a wall. I, uh, you know, I got hit in the head with a Wiimote controller. I didn't expect this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not either. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet you then he wished he could have said Shazam and turned into a superhero. <laughs> oh. Ah, ah, ah. All right, so there, there was your laugh for the day. And now to make you cry. Because we're talking about Daddy Sakurai. Um, he has officially retired. No, not really. Uh, how'd you go in there? How'd you go in there? No. Uh, Daddy Sakurai, of course, has been posting interesting screenshots from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for a very long time now. And apparently, this month, he is going to be done with it. Because, as he notes in a special Twitter post, he had about 200 images that he took at the end of production. I'm going to guess he said main, oh, it was main production and maybe some of the DLC. Um, but yeah, he took 200 photos at the end of production and would post them. And he's almost out. So, yeah, if you've been enjoying that, it's going to be over really soon. <laughs> You're about to no longer be enjoying that. <laughs> like, oh, you like those pictures? I'm afraid they're going to be quite inoperable by the time you arrive back. <laughs> um, mm, yeah, it, it's just really like kind of sad that the, the all these posters from Sakurai himself is going to be done soon. And again, I love these creative shots and as well like the developmental shots, like how the different perspective on the stages and the characters and how creative he can be when setting up these shots. And yeah, like it feels like, again, this is going to be the last thing we're going to hear from Sakura about Smash, if anything else. So it's kind of sad now. We're done with the review trailers. We're done with pictures, snapshots from Sakura. Uh, and now it's going to go into hibernation until when, whenever it comes back. So it's kind of sad, if any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I know that a lot of you liked it. I enjoyed it myself. I am not going to lie. But uh, if he's done, he's done. He could go, but he could go back and just, no. Let the man, let the man rest. Let the man do what he wants. Let him make the Kid Icarus sequel that we've all been waiting for. You know, <laughs> just, just saying. So, all right. And then uh, with that, we will now head into our main event. And we are going to piggyback off of the Pokemon story from earlier. Because as noted, there are going to be three different story paths that you are going to take. One is the classic Victory Road saga of you going to get the eight gym badges and challenging the Pokemon League. But what are the other two? We don't know. And we have not been told. So we're going to discuss what we think they are in an intent discussion. Alright, so I'm going to be kind to us just this one time. Just this once. Um, you don't have to reveal both of your, <laughs> both of the potential storyline ideas. I honestly don't have an idea for two, ironically enough. Uh, I only have an idea for one. So if you have two, great. If you only have one that you think would be good, share that. So, no pressure. Unless they both, unless your ideas suck, and then I'm gonna force you to come up with the new ideas because we have quality, <laughs> gentlemen. We have integrity. Now I'm feeling pressure. There you go. jeez. Oh, Just for that, Scott, I'm gonna make you go first. Oh, okay. Jeez. Alrighty. So 
We know that the first one will be gym badge collection, basically right. becoming the leaders of the gym. I was wondering if the second one might be like gathering specific types of Pokemon and having to go throughout various regions to get specific ones. Making like adventures and having to find like, I don't know, specific ones that have like different Terra stalls um, types. Making it even more, I don't know, long, elongating with maybe getting into little rivalry bouts with various other Academy members mm. as they're trying to also catch the same Pokemon as you. Okay. I can see that. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll just go next because mine is kind of like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, while they give you the option to go and catch them all in the game, they don't really enforce it unless you want to. And so, and then when Arceus, your goal was to catch all the Pokemon. So I wouldn't be surprised given that we have different professors and different academies and everything. I wouldn't be surprised if they told you to do an Arceus route and focus on nothing but catching all the Pokemon. Mm, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokedex yeah. entirely and for that region. And like, I, I like the idea of like doing special quests to get the Pokemon. And I could see like the professors being very hands-on. Like, oh, I hear that you know these Pokemon are in this part of the world. Why don't you go and capture them next? And then you're kind of guided from spot to spot like an Arceus was. And maybe as you progress, suddenly Pokemon appear in other areas so that, you know, you kind of have that balance going on and you'll meet like a trainer who's maybe trying to catch the Pokemon with you or trying to race you to catch them all. Um, you know, like that, a different kind of rivalry. And I think that would be interesting while also playing into how Arceus absolutely influenced what we got here yes. with, <laughs> with, with, with Scarlet and Violet. So... I think the potential is definitely there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pre pretty much on, on that on that same spot. Like, my, my idea is kind of also as well, kind of leaning on to what you you've been describing. Like, w with how again the Pokemon model is gotta catch them all, and like that's always been the, the main spirit of all the entries. So, like, one we do have again the typical Pokemon League going all to the gym trainers, and then of course that that model of catch them all. So that. That I can easily see those two being like the obviously the two main uh, story campaigns for any kind of trainer, and like the third one, that's kind of going into tangent of what I, I was thinking is like because with Arceus, there's always has been like this whole sense of archaeological uh, pr perspective, and not seeing here with Scarlet and Violet, I kind of think that maybe with that third path, I expect them to like go explore upon that a bit more because again why is it that these legendary pokemon this legendary pokemon wants to be your amount to go <laughs> on with like is there a reason why it wants to partner up with you why is it that like the again the theme of past and future like the whole conspiracy is is the professor that get, that introduced you to the world is quote-unquote evil that can that fan theory that's been sp spiraling around in the internet webs like that the third path I expect is what what is the reason why he that this legendary Pokemon joins you? Like there and of course like the mystery of this territory. Is there a reason why the past and future or even the headmaster has something to do with this? Like 
he sends you off on a treasure hunt. Is there what, for what treasure? Is it looking for the One Piece or something of that sort of equivalent of, of some kind? That that's what I'm expecting the third path to be. Like there is that he sends you on a treasure hunt, but what is that treasure? So I think maybe go on that kind of aspect of it. that like i know i i saw that would be an interesting twist that the professors are the bad guys i think a lot of people want uh sada to be the bad woman because they want her to crush them or so i've heard on the internet i don't know <laughs> i don't know i just i just I, you see things and trust me i've i've seen things <laughs> i'm not saying that there are certain cosplayers who took her look to a certain extent but there are certain cosplayers who took her look to <laughs> Just saying. Um, but yeah, that would be an interesting twist. And there definitely is something going on with past versus future and the different, like, we now know there's going to be, you know, the two different academy names. There's, of course, a legendary Pokemon who clearly are just going to be more than, you know, oh, they're different types or what they represent, you know, sun versus moon and, you know, light versus dark and whatnot. So we'll see how that goes. Um, what do we think could be other options here? Because I. When I said three, I was like, okay, what's... Because it can't just be three, right? It has so, to be three meaningful ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they're uh, going to put, similar to how, like, the, I guess the um, the older Pokemon games have, like, this giant world-ending plot as just its mm-hmm. own story arc, rather than it being muddled in with the gyms. Yeah. Right, right, right. I could definitely see, like... They're, because again, with Pokemon, they always always enjoy those grandiose kind of plots, like oh, something world ending, like oh, this territory is in danger because I don't know, like a god type Pokemon is coming down, crashing down, like what they did many times over. So, like, what is like, like kind of going back to what he says, like what is the mystery behind the territory again with um, Miraidon and and the other and those two, like what is like that grandiose plot like i'm because i'm i feel like even if you decide to take one of those three major paths i feel like it will converge that's what i feel like i can see that another thing we haven't seen and it ties into what you were talking about will is that uh we don't know about villains like yes we there's the professor theory but where's the group there's always a group even uh, we did see that weird like clown car remember that oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah we're yeah, getting yeah. team uh, mickadees <laughs> <laughs> like, t- 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 uh, i don't know team psycho clown uh <laughs> that's a wrestling reference for the record um i i don't know it's, we need to have there it needs to be a team even if it's something as weird or useless as team yell there's got to be a team and maybe that's the plan as you were noting you know tie in the end of the world plot as its own storyline maybe you have to run around the pokemon world trying to stop this team from you know destroying everything you know who knows um i just the, the storylines have got to be meaningful yep it, it has to be and i i'm curious if nothing else i'm i'm curious so we'll we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes there but I think that's honestly one of the bigger things about the Pokemon Presents that intrigued me was that, oh, you're going to have three different options on how you can play the game, which is instant replayability, obviously. Mm-hmm, 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 yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's going to be, I don't know. I hope that 
I hope they don't wait too long to uh, reveal it, if for no other reason than um, if you don't tell them, then they're not going to want to do it. Like, they'll have their mindset on the gym challenge. Right, right, right. Yeah, I can just, see that. Right, just because, like, the fact that is one is just tradition of going, is what we've been doing all these years. Go to the gyms, go face the Pokemon League, get our names, and, <laughs> and then probably even save the world on the side. On the side yeah, <laughs> that's probably also going to help uh, speedrunners a lot, too, having three different routes to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to, just to be honest, I'm probably going to do the gym challenge first just yeah like that way i can just feel out the game and then once i'm done with that depending how long it takes uh then i can i'll jump into the next one and well I mean, if you think about it if you really want to have fun you could do three different routes of three different starter pokemon that is true you could do mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i'll obviously start i'll obviously start out with fue coco the best starter pokemon <laughs> of gen 9 and then maybe quaxley and then sprigatito so also, can we just note that apparently a lot of people were excited to see Sprigatito in that two-legged form? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of people were, like, losing it. Oh, my gosh, she could be on, or it could be on two legs. I'm like, yeah. Nah. Why, why wouldn't it? Like, sometimes Pokemon fans are the best fans, but sometimes they get excited over just, like, nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. A, brown, like yeah. a brown whooper or a doe-filled dog Pokemon, like. My God. It's a little they thing. should be it's getting excited thing, about the Dawn fan. Thank you. Yeah, Dawn fan. <laughs> Dawn fan. One of Ash's best Pokemon by far. Yes. Um, <laughs> got it from an egg. So, I, I, again, I'm curious. And, again, the Pokemon presents is really, really good. So, hopefully, we will find out more about these mystery story paths before the game comes out on November 18th, which is, let's see, August, September, October, November. No, we're a little over three months away. So I know it's going to be a hard wait, especially now after the presents, but just hold on. We will get there, and mm -hmm. hopefully it'll be great. Because all indications are that this is going to be one of the best Pokemon games ever made. Hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. All right, and with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Ray 10 podcast. Go say his name. Do this. I'm not going to say his name. Gonna move Heavy breath. Heavy breath. breath. <laughs> You're done podcast let us know your thoughts on pokemon presents okay i'm doing this okay we're gonna get there okay okay let us know what you thought on the pokemon presents and what you feel would be the other what the good options are for the other two story paths and what you thought of the new pokemon reveals riding the legendary pokemon the new characters that we saw and what you're excited to learn about more from the next trailer or presents or direct or whatever we get next uh, were you excited to hear about the success of the Switch and its recent releases and the quarterly data? Were you laughing at Zachary Levi when he like just almost destroyed himself <laughs> playing Wii Sports? I was. I honestly was. Uh, <laughs> are you sad about Daddy Sakurai and him not being able, not being, go, not going to post any more Smash Brothers pictures? And have you played Xenoblade Chronicles 3? And what have you thought of it so far? Let us know in the comments below. So. Four, Gold Kid Scott and Wario Will, Iron Triforce Side. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We're not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. Tyler! Oh, gosh, I'm so oh. close. Ah. I'm so black. <laughs> <laughs>